Well, we all know how time-consuming and frustrating it can be searching around online for the best rates for a hotel room or flight. Sometimes we're left scratching our heads as every platform seems to be offering the same rate, give or take a dollar, even the hotel's own website. Well, a new federal government review is looking at this exact phenomenon, which is called a price parity clause. That's where a hotel cannot offer rooms at a lower price than those on the platform to which it's contracted. These clauses may well be anti-competitive, with consumers adversely affected. To talk us through the review's objectives and for a fuller understanding of reforms that may be necessary in the competition space, I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Dr Andrew Lee, the Assistant Minister for Competition, Charities and uh, Treasury. Welcome uh, back, Andrew. Thanks, Geraldine. Great to be chatting with you. Uh, How widespread are these price parity clauses in Australia and overseas? Well, we think they're pretty widespread, but that's the purpose of the consultation, to find out the extent of them. Certainly when I chat to small hotel providers, they say, look, you know, we wouldn't mind if there was just a couple of percent that we're paying to Booking.com or Expedia, but sometimes they say these platforms are charging them double-digit fees. Now, that's a, a rate being charged for someone that uh, doesn't clean the toilets, doesn't change out the sheets, uh, doesn't help on the front desk. And so if uh, those large online multinational platforms are charging a big fee and then they're turning around and telling the hotel, well, you can, you've got to uh, offer at least as good a price uh, direct uh, through us as you do for people who book direct, then they're sort of, they may be abusing their monopoly power. So we need to get to the bottom of it. We need to find out what's going on for the sake of tourists and for hotel operators themselves. I know submissions to the government's consultation have just opened and I think they'll be open till January the 6th. Is that right for anyone? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Do, Do we have an idea of how in particular smaller hotels who might otherwise mark down rooms, I mean, they're the ones I imagine are in the gun here at the last minute to secure bookings. Is, is, that, is that all not possible? Yes, the, the risk with a price parity clause is that the big platform says to the small hotel, uh, if you offer the best deal for people who book direct, then we won't list you on our service. Or, or maybe they do something a bit more cunning. They, they list the, the hotel on the service, but then when you search through uh, local hotels, they drop that hotel to the bottom of the search ranking. So they're effectively invisible. Uh, if the big platforms are throwing their weight around like that, strikes me as pretty unfair because the hotel industry has been going through a real tough couple of years. They've been hit for six through by COVID uh, and what they need is, is every possible dollar going to the bottom line rather than having to pay a big chunk of change to an offshore booking platform. Um, and then there's the impact on the consumer. I mean, is this just an accommodation or does this happen with flights and car rentals and so on? Well, it's certainly a live question and the uh, competition watchdog has been doing a a power of work looking at digital platforms and how uh, they're acting increasingly as gatekeepers to the economy. They're not just another tech firm. Increasingly, the risk is that if you're a uh, a Webjet or a a Facebook, if you're a Google, if you're an Apple app store, uh, that you're standing atop a whole other sector of the economy. And for somebody who cares really deeply about uh, the ability of small business to get ahead. Uh, I'm worried about the role that these platforms play. Uh, I want to see the competition watchdog making sure we've updated the rules to to keep pace for a changing economy. And just before we get into that broader um, review, what can you do about it? Say you do find that this is... The government's got the capacity, has it, to intervene, basically? 
Yeah, the ACCC's uh, recent digital uh, platforms review made a couple of recommendations. First of all, they said that there should be a, a ban on unfair trading practices, which is a sort of broad prohibition on throwing your weight around in unfair ways. Uh, and then they said there should be platform-specific regulations, so specific regulations that go to uh, how di uh, Google operates in search, where it's got 95% of the market, how Facebook operates in social media with the average Australian spending half an hour a day on Facebook, uh, where how Apple operates in its app store with uh, Apple having half the market in smartphones. Uh, so it, it may be appropriate to go down that path. We're, uh, we're consulting on that at the moment. Uh, so is this so? Is this the sort of the data the data advantages and anti-competitive self-preferencing? I think this is the your, your digital um, platform services. That was what the ACCC handed down. That's what you're referring to there, because those words are sort of I think or those phrases are new for us. Yes, that's right. It may be self-preferencing, Geraldine, or it may just be that uh, uh, they're uh, charging more than they would in a competitive market where there are a range of different, different gatekeepers. Uh, so, you know, we know the standard story of monopolies. Uh, once you're the, uh, the big dog of the market, then you drive up your prices, uh, quantity and quality go down. Uh, so the risk is that these platforms are behaving in the way in which traditional monopolists have, have behaved in the, in the past. Mm. And then it's appropriate for government to step in on the side of consumers. I mean, you've recently given a number of interesting speeches, uh, uh, Andrew Lee, at universities calling for wide-ranging reform of competition law. You say Australia's become less competitive in recent years. Why has this happened? I mean, we have a watchdog there. Uh, how has this happened? Yes, well, I mean, let's go first to the statistics. We've seen a drop in the number of startup businesses over the last couple of decades, uh, and we've seen an increase in market concentration. So this isn't just uh, supermarkets and uh, banks; it's also baby food and beer. Uh, we're seeing increasing numbers of Australian industries with just a, a couple of big players uh, that are dominating, uh, and that's flowed through then to, to markups, which is the gap between what uh, cost to produce and what a, a firm charges. Customers. Uh, those markups appear to have grown over recent years. So I'm worried that that could be bad not only for consumers but also for the, the whole competitive ecosystem because productivity growth ultimately is the main driver of living standards. You know, we're more productive than, uh, than people were at the time of federation uh, because uh, we're a, we have better technology and we're able to do things quicker. And that's why the typical Australian worker now earns more in a day than someone at federation earned in a week. Uh, well, we've got to keep that productivity engine going and, and competition is key to that. Well, we had the big Fred Hilmer national competition policy reforms of the 1990s, didn't we? Um, are they, do they need reviving or are they lapsing? Are they not fit for purpose, would you say, now? <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad to bring up uh, Fred Hilmer's uh, reforms because that's 30 years ago uh, now and uh, uh, something that I believe we can learn a lot from. Uh, those reforms turbocharged the Australian economy during the 1990s and on one estimate put around $5,000 a year into the pockets of the typical Australian household. Uh, and they did that by uh, making sure that uh, monopolies were appropriately regulated uh, and uh, ensuring that, uh, that we didn't have regulations that were, uh, were unnecessary, such as uh, uh, baking regulations that said when bakers, what time of the day a baker could, uh, could bake their bread. Uh, those, uh, those reforms were important to the Australian economy, but of course you can't invent the hills hoist a second time. What we've got to do now has to, has to do much more with uh, encouraging green technology, uh, recognising the challenge in, in the digital space, being inspired 
inspired in a, in a political sense by what uh, the Hillmore reforms and Paul Keating did in that period in the 1990s, but recognising that we've got fresh new challenges facing us right now. Um, it is interesting when you have been looking at a couple of the te- what you have been saying around the place, and you um, you you make the point that not everyone will like the idea of a more competitive economy, and you ha- that Rod Sims, the former head of the ACCC, liked to say that competition policy <clears throat> was the inverse of corporate strategy. That actually, if you're sitting around a boardroom, you you. you <laughs> You're not encouraging competition. That's the last thing you're doing. Um, you basically, you know, you, you, you want to stand there in the market alone and get all the customers. That's absolutely right. And uh, you know, I love that line about uh, Rod's Rod It's Sims very story. cute, so isn't he, it? <laughs> yeah, he, he points to people like my, Michael Porter, the business strategy guru, and he says, well, what are, the, what are folks like that trying to do? Uh, they're trying to say to, to large firms, look, the quickest way to profits is to build a moat around you, keep out your competitors, make it clear that it's not worth anyone starting up another firm to take you on. Uh, that might be good for the monopolist and for their shareholders, but it's bad for the economy and it's bad for consumers. Uh, so I think uh, that's it's one, one area in which uh, uh, sometimes monopolists and economists part company. Uh, where economists recognise that there is a, a huge value to be gained for the for the economy uh, if we can just uh, unlock those new firms that will take a, take on the incumbents. Uh, and we need, particularly in the digital space, firms that are starting up not with the aspiration of being bought and bought out one day by a big firm, but by the the aspiration of actually continuing to compete and giving consumers more choice. Uh, well, um, privatised monopolies, another thing you're, you're uh, uh, focusing on or alert us to, privatised monopolies can be dangerous. And that sort of go- that goes to the question of, of um, energy consumption too, which we're talking about after eight. This whole, mm. and as you know, the whole business of re-putting the SEC back into um, government hands uh, that uh, Dan Andrews clearly did very well with. So you, what's the issue... Yes, the way in which one goes takes uh, becomes more competitive is quite important too, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, and this is the insight from this is that the the mark of success of a privatisation has is, is got to be more than the sale price. Uh, so if you close off regulation, uh, close off competition. Uh, and you allow prices to rise, then what you've done is, is uh, might, might seem savvy in the short term, but it's foolish in the long term. Effectively, you're opposing the, uh, imposing a, a multi-decade tax on consumers in the future who pay higher, higher fees through a, a, a privatised monopoly. Uh, we've got to get smarter about how we, uh, we have monopolies privatised. And, and increasingly, I think the public has, uh, has moved to recognise that uh, if you're seeing a, a, sta- a state government selling off an asset You've got to think really hard about how that's going to affect the market in the future. Uh, Look, many of the reforms you want to see cross into state laws. How difficult is it to get this type of coordinated national reform that I think you're tilting at? That was the genius of national competition policy. It really did bring the states on board and recognise that if you look in the constitution, it doesn't clearly allocate uh, competition powers to either the state or to the federal government. It's an area of cooperation and it's another reason why it's really important to have federalism working well, uh, why Anthony Albanese and Jim Chalmers have, have placed so much emphasis on engaging with states and territories, getting that cooperation that transcends party lines. I don't think competition is a, is a strongly partisan issue, Geraldine. I really do think it's one of those practical measures where we can get a lot done in a, in a federation, uh, making sure that, uh, that states and territories 
uh, are looking at, at, at competition issues when they're doing privatisation, when they're doing regulation, uh, and that if we're, for example, regulating liquor licences, we're looking very clearly at the consumer harms and making sure that we're not, uh, not entrenching monopolies there. But but you're but you're also talking about sort of restrictive zoning laws and state housing taxes and uh, what I say little things quotes quotes uh, so you know you really are oh, that's that's tricky politics. They're little things that add up to big things. So you take that $5,000 a year that uh, Fred Hilmer and Paul Keating managed to put in our pockets. Uh, that's the sort of gain that we're talking about from a concentrated focus on competition policy. Uh, the details can seem complicated, uh, but the big picture is that the Australian economy is, is less dynamic, fewer startups, more market concentration, more markups. Uh, than it was 20 years ago. Mm. So we've got to get innovation going, got to get productivity growth going after the, the lousiest decade of productivity growth in the post-war era. Uh, and competition's at the heart of a dynamic economy. Uh, I look around the world at uh, other places that are, that are focused on this. Uh, the uh, uh, Biden administration, much more focused on competition policy than the Obama administration was a decade ago. And, and the economics profession, where I hail from, uh, is broadly recognising that markets have gotten too concentrated over recent decades and that this is a central challenge for anyone that cares about boosting economic growth. Mm. Uh, if you could tackle one big reform then, maybe this is a final question, what would it be? I think it would be in the digital platform space. These uh, digital platforms really are uh, the uh, the railroads of the 21st century. They're the, uh, the gatekeepers to so much of the economy. Uh, if we can make sure we get regulation right around them, uh, then it matters for so many businesses. So I think about all of the small businesses that are selling through eBay. Think about all of the uh, software designers that are designing for the App Store. Think about all of the, uh, the uh, businesses that want to sell through uh, placing ads on Google. Uh, we need these platforms to be working in the interests of the Australian economy. Uh, we get that right and I think we we'll unlock a whole lot of uh, growth and inspiration. Uh, and one of the things I really hope we can do too is to be unlocking inspiration in disadvantaged communities. So as an egalitarian, it really matters to me that we're seeing innovation not just happening in the leafier suburbs but in vulnerable places as well. More competition should mean more startups from those who have the least right now. Yes, that was definitely part of the discussion at this um, conference about renewable energies as to what it could do for co communities that don't usually consider themselves part of change. Uh, yeah, exactly. Look, very interesting. Thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Geraldine. Thank you. Dr Andrew Lee, the Assistant Minister for Competition, Charities and Treasury, and that um, uh, calling for people to bring their thoughts forward will be open until the 6th of January. You can go to the Treasury website to see how you can leave your, your thoughts. I'm pretty sure that's right anyway. <laughs> we'll double check. Uh, up next, we reflect on 50 years of diplomatic relations with China. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.